Are you out there? <laughs> well, it's wonderful to be here with you again. You actually welcomed me back. How brave is that? But it's good to be here. Thank you so much for having Greg and I um, back with you. And um, I just want to say I'm very passionate about the Lord. I'm extremely passionate about the Lord. Are you? I'm extremely, extremely passionate about the Lord. And the whole weekend you're going to hear me say this because I love him to bits. And I love the church. Love the church. The bride. I love the church. You know, the church gets dissed. It gets who, who they. And sometimes we do it ourselves. We get irritated by the church. But the church is wonderful, the bride of Christ. That's us. If you're a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus tonight, that's you. We're the church, the bride of Christ, in whom God has come to live and uh, in whom the hope of the nation is, God in us. Whoa, coming to be the hope of the nation. And um, I'm passionate for this nation. Um, though I'm South African, my dad was British and moved to South Africa, so I've got a stake in this nation, <laughs> do you see? So I'm British South African, and so have a huge stake in this nation to see what God will do. And as I've been watching, and I, I, I'm a, I look at the broad picture of what God is doing, in this nation, I'm getting more and more excited as the news gets more and more dismal, you know what I'm talking about, it gets all very, mm, um, and, and it's like a spirit of division is in the world, dividing this one from that and this and that. It is um, the church is becoming stronger. Did you know that? Tomorrow I'll read a few stats on, on what the church is like. Um, but I wanted to just whet your appetite because there's drops of revival. And it's not revival, you know, come to a revival meeting and you'll all get healed. And then you come and nothing particularly happens. It's not those make-believe kind of revival. This is God at work from the bottom, from the bottom up. Drops rising in the nation. And revival starts actually with us. It's in the church when God, God starts cleaning us up and sorting us out so that we look full of life again to the outside world. And they look and they say, wow, look at the church. And they come running in. And so I'm going to be speaking on that tomorrow and, and how we can sort something out. But tonight I'm going to start, and only th I brought this prophecy with me, but only now I thought I must actually read it. And it's quite a long prophecy but I will leave it with, with Paul and with Steve, and you, can, uh, you won't be able to write it. It's, gonna, it's quite long. <laughs> he took out his iPad to write, you know. But it's a word, because I look at the big picture, I've tried to get the bones of what is all in my head that I feel God is showing me, and I'm going to start with that. And then for, if you're waiting for me to prophesy all over, you're going to wait all night. Because my job, you know, Ephesians 4 says to train God's people for works of service. And because when I read uh, the word out, it's like God is coming to say, church, 
get yourself ready. Get yourself ready. So my job now is to say, let's do some, I'm going to give you a bit of teaching and let's do some practice. You're up for practice. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And I'll explain. And it's not as scary as all that. It's quite fun. So that the church, we are doing the stuff together instead of the one-man band, you know, doing all the stuff. Because we're the church. We should be able to do a few things for each other. And so I've put the bones down of this um, word. And it, it's long, but it's, it's just the bones. It needs to be worked out. And I believe it's for, for the church, no matter where I go. And then one works it out for oneself. This is the time of change from seeking God to finding him. From bearing grudges to walking in forgiveness. And you know, if God is speaking to you through any of this, please do some business with him, even before tomorrow. Because tomorrow it is a business dealing day. And so just bring it to him. Because when he brings a word, he wants to bring it about. And he's open to change and come and heal us. From cursing others to being a blessing. From looking down on the poor, the disenfranchised, and those who have no voice, to standing up for the poor and the oppressed, and being a voice for the voiceless, or opening the way for them to be their own voice. From accepting injustice, to standing for justice and righteousness. Can you see the role of the church coming through? This is us. You up for this? From coasting along in mediocrity to burning with fire and wanting good character. Fire and character go together, how we live. From going along with the status quo to being the church, to being the church and speaking the truth, no matter the cost. From being on the defensive in spiritual matters to being on the offensive where evil is concerned. From walking in self-pity to putting aside our grievances and helping others into the light. It's quite, it's quite something, huh? But it's all in the Bible. From putting off what we know God has spoken to us to hearing... Thinking, choosing, and obeying. From having low to medium expectations of God and ourselves to knowing that if he has said it, he will do it and responding with faith no matter what. From not expecting many to be saved to, to expecting salvations, as many will be saved because of Jesus. From fear of leaving our comfort zones to radically stepping out and doing whatever he asks us, no matter the cost. Are you also with me? Yeah? All this will require new wineskins. For the new wine, a new way of living, 
a new way of thinking, of being, of working, and a new way of looking to and at God. He wants us to take a new level of, he wants to take us to a new level of faith where we've never been before. Are you hungry? Are you hungry? Because when he comes like this, he says, come on, church, come on. The business world will go through roller coaster times, but we as the church are not to be swayed by all this. God is our security, and this needs to be our mindset when everything shakes around us. We need to be there to encourage those in business who are not of faith. God will give us words of knowledge and answer our prayers as we bring hope into failing hearts in business. He will open the way for many unexpected encounters when we least expect it. What an exciting God. There will be celebrations in the heart of people as they see God do mighty things they haven't seen before. The symbols will clash and the hearts of his people will be full. This doesn't come without a cost, but there will be enough grace to see us through if we don't give up. You still with me? Does it sound exciting or is it all scary? It is scary, but oh, I get so excited. There's a hunger in people for the reality of the Bible in their lives, and the Father has put it there to prepare them for what is to come. Even though times may get tough, the church will be strong through it all. The church will be strong through it all. The church will be strong through it all. This takes much thought and prayer and plenty of encouragement of encouraging each other and watching each other's back. I'm going to read that again. This takes much thought and prayer and plenty of encouraging each other and watching each other's backs. We are our brother's keeper. There will be a spreading out in a whole new way and growth that will be hard to contain. But it won't come in a way that is normal or expected. There are no well-worn paths. So we need to find the way through prayer, worship, encouragement, and plenty of love. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself is all the drive we need to do the miraculous. I'm going to read that again. Love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself is all the drive we need to do the miraculous. Isn't that interesting? Because if you love people, how can you contain yourself but give away what God's given you? Which is our inheritance. And we're going to spread out to the east and the west. Love, justice, and righteousness are the words that will underpin a lot of what we'll be led to do as we keep in step with the Spirit. We have been and are praying for revival. Let's do the things of revival while we wait so that we are caught up in it when the Holy Spirit visits us with power. Zechariah 8.23. This is what the Lord Almighty says. In those days, ten people from all languages and nations will take firm hold of one Jew by the hem of his robe and say, let us go with you. 
Because we have heard that God is with you. That's quite, that's bones. That's the bones of it. It's now to work it out. But I'm just so grateful to God. You know, the Bible says that before he does anything, he lets his prophets know so that one can prepare people. And, um, and tonight I'm going to talk to you about prophecy because, you know, you get level, different levels of prophetic gift. You get the prophet, and then you get prophetic ministry, then you get prophetic gifting. But actually, when we're in this kind of context, we can all prophesy. Every single one of us can bring a word of encouragement to someone else. Every single one of us. Because we're the church together. And the church together hears God. Um, it, it's our inheritance as the church to, to hear God. And often, people come to hear the prophetic person, give me a word. And God is saying, you know what? Sit with me and I'll give you a word because you will be able to hear. And, and as we sit with him, as we read the Bible, as we pray, things will come to mind and you think, oh, that's just me. But stop and say to God, is that you? Are you encouraging me? Actually, God is talking all the time, but we're so busy. And often... He sounds like us, and we, we, we do. We take it for granted and think, oh, well, that's nothing, that's me. But I've learned to actually stop and listen to what my head is saying, what's going on, and, and pondering on it and say, Lord, elaborate for me. What is going on? Is that me? Is it you? And then testing it with this wonderful book, the Bible. I love this book. Love it, I love it, I love it. Because it's, there's words of life and explanation in here. So I'm going to do some notes on what it means to be prophetic. You up for this? Yep. And Father, I want to ask that when I finish this and we do a bit of practice, something will get hold of the church. Something of putting this prophetic word off just this long one, something of a preparation. We can do this. We can encourage each other. We can build. We can make the church strong. We can make a difference. Because that is our job, is to make a difference. <coughs> Prophetic people help bring the body of Christ to a place of maturity. Prophetic people help bring the body of Christ to a place of maturity. And you know, it's not the prophet or the prophetic team. It's the prophetic people help to bring each other to a place of maturity. We've each got a job. It's not we come in on a Sunday and we do our worship and then we go and we come back on the next Sunday or to our group. We've each got something. We, we carry Jesus in us. And every single one of us, no matter the age, from young to old, we, we carry him with us and we can hear him and have a job to do. Do you believe that? That was a very weak yes. You know, tomorrow I'm going to do a bit of teaching also on spiritual warfare. When I ask, do you believe that? Even if you think, I'm so scared and maybe that's not me. The Bible says it. And so we say yes. Because that is what spiritual warfare is. It's agreeing with the Bible. Not particularly agreeing with me. Just when, while I'm speaking, think, is that in the Bible? Then agree with me if you think that's in the Bible. Is that okay? Prophetic people help bring about the knowledge of God and his heart for his people. 
first for his people and then for people outside. We carry and we model the heart of God to the world outside. And we actually model the heart of God to each other. And so on Wednesday evening, Natalie spoke at the Ashburnham Conference on mercy. It was stunning, absolutely stunning. One doesn't often hear a, a talk on mercy. And as, as I listened to her, I thought, that's the heart of God. It's the non-judging um, uh, heart of God to show mercy. And we are the, we're not wimps, we're not silly, but we do show mercy and the kindness of God. Prophetic people prepare people for the good works which God has prepared in advance for them to do. And so we look to see how we can encourage each other. You know, the church, may the gift of encouragement be high in this church. Really, may it be so high. Because when you want to encourage each other, actually, that's where the prophetic comes from. Because Old Testament prophecy was the Lord would come and shower his spirit on one person, on a man or a woman, and they would prophesy, but nobody else could. And they had, to be, they had to bring a right word, and it would be tested, otherwise they died, because it was the word of the Lord. But in the New Testament, we all have the Spirit of God. It's not just the one-man show. We all have the Spirit of God. And we can all hear from God. And as prophetic people speak, we get it right Partly. We don't get it all right. And so it isn't, oh, what if I get it wrong? Well, that's what the Bible says. We've got to weigh it. It's everything we say must be weighed to see is it in line with the Bible. And you don't get stoned if you don't get it right. You, because you, you, we are giving what we think God's saying, but it must be weighed. Is it biblical? Do you see, it's not as, as risky and it, as it was in the Old Testament. And it gets weighed by each one to see, is it right? But also, it's not, thus saith the Lord, tomorrow I come and I kill you, because you have not read your Bible. Sometimes, the Old Testament, they brought heavy words from God. In the New Testament, the, the prophetic people bring encouragement and hope. Sometimes it's a firm word, but there's always encouragement and hope. It's not, thus says the Lord. You will never, never hear me saying, thus says the Lord. I will say, I believe God is saying. Do you see? A total different. Because um, I don't get everything right. And while I'm still practicing, and we all practice, we'll be practicing till we die. Because we'll never get everything right until we see him face to face. Which is such a, a relief to know it's okay to make a mistake, by the way. But when you make a mistake, be willing to say, it's a mistake. Instead of tail between the legs, I'll never do that. I'm never going to prophesy again. Or I'm never going to come to the front to bring a word because I'm so scared. I'm, I might get it wrong. One is allowed to make mistakes. But as long as it's not harmful to the, the people, not, not binding people in our mistakes. Does that make sense? You know, it's not, I feel, I feel God is saying that you actually need to give up your job and move home and go and live in Texas. 
And the person thinks, oh, the prophetic person says that, so I better do that. And they get locked up. Do you see? We've got to watch what we say because words are powerful. Prophetic people may act out God's heart as they read the Bible. So you might find somebody starts to read verses in the Bible and they burst out crying as God's heart comes through for his people. Or they may act out something. I do a lot of prophetic actions. I don't know how it works and I don't know how God does it, but when I do a prophetic action, uh, God comes and he does something in the action. Also at Ashburnham, uh, somebody had a word that, you know, people had burdens. And so I said, well, there's a bucket. I mean, there was nothing. You had to imagine there's a bucket. Take the burdens and put them in there. And people came. And I watched their faces as their faces changed just by acting out, putting something in a basket. Do you see? And the basket wasn't there, but it's a prophetic action. And sometimes we need an action so that... Um, um, we need an action so that we're working at it. Otherwise, we just sit there. And sometimes we need to be able to get up. And that's why sometimes we call people forward for prayer. Just the action alone uh, is three-quarters of the, the, the healing done. They bring encouragement and build up the body, but may also stand against oppression and injustice in the world. Is that us? In the back, is that us? Yeah? Sounds all right, eh? I'm just telling you, we've got a job to do. I read the prophetic word from this to that, from, the, from all laid-backness into a, a pumping community. And, um, and this is how we get it right with each other. They are God's show and tell. They could prophetically act out something the Lord is saying or bring God's heart to the church concerning something in ways um, other than the microphone on a, on a Sunday. And so we've in, I, I'm at the, we are at City Church Cambridge, and we have a professional um, dancer, a man who owns his own dance studio. He's brilliant. And they put on shows in theaters and so on. And at times, when the music... Uh, something happens with the as we're worshiping, and he comes flying in the front, doing God's heart in dance. That, that it's awesome. It takes your breath away, and it speaks volumes even more than what our singing would have done. And so he's acting out the passion of the cross, the passion of salvation, or whatever. And it's and, and it's actually quite marvelous. And so prophetic people could do an action, and, and that explains to people, this is what God is actually saying. Not only that, but in the communities we live, people are watching Christians, and we model what we, what we know about Jesus. We model as we go to our car, how we speak to our families, and so on. We are models of, uh, of the heart of God in communities and we don't even realize that people are watching. So we say, we're Christians. And then we have to be the model of our own words, which is actually prophetic. The main gifts. Let me just see the time. Because I do want to do the practice run. What is the time, somebody? Quarter to nine. 
the main gifts of prophetic people, or and I'm I'm talking about more the the prophetic people, not the in general prophetic prophetic people. This is the next kind of people. Um, the talking gifts, they prophesy, they bring tongues, and I, and I'm not talking about the general tongues. It's when they come and they and and worship bubbles out of them, and they bring a message in tongues, which then gets interpreted. And prophetic people are actually able to do this. So, you know, if you are prophetic here, um, and I do believe there's a team, a little group that gets together, you must ask God to give you words, messages in tongues, because it's your inheritance. There's a little challenge. <laughs> And interpretation of tongues. It's a, it's a package deal that goes with the prophetic. Does that sound exciting? Or scary? Both, eh? Revelatory. It reveals something. Prophetic people get words of knowledge. Now, prophetic people aren't special people. It could be anyone in this room that God is putting his fingers on. And you sit there and you think... I get words of knowledge. I get this. I get that. Read up about it. Look at the Bibles. Pray and say, Lord, am I more prophetic than what I thought I was? Because at, in a time like this, when God is stirring the church, he raises prophecy up very high to encourage the body. So they bring words of knowledge. And that's not only in the front of the church. It's actually in communities where you walk past a house and, you, and God gives you a word to encourage somebody who's in the garden. Um, and so we've got to be open to that. Everything that I'm talking about is not only for in here. This is a small part. But actually, it's, it's to be prophetic out there in the world and, and be, be Jesus' hands and feet out there in the world and bring words of knowledge Words of wisdom. Prophetic people have a, uh, they can ask God, give me wisdom. What do I do? Sometimes I do counseling or whatever. And as I'm listening to the person, I've got answers already. You know, when you listen and you think, ah, oh, I know what to say there. And I know what, and then I start talking. And what was in my head and what comes out of my mouth is different. And I think, what was that? I didn't even know I knew that. And it's quite clever. Did you see? And that's the wisdom. God just gives wisdom. And I watch the person change. And I know I didn't know that. I know it wasn't me. And so there's an expectation that God will um, give wisdom. That's why I enjoy meeting with people to see, so what's he going to do? What's he got for this person? It's not, am I gifted to do it? I think, well, he's brought the person to me. Let's see what he will do. And prophetic people can discern spirits. They can discern evil. I can walk into a place and I can feel the atmosphere. Ooh, something's very good or something's not so very, very nice. And so they're able to discern what's going on in people's lives as they're talking to them or praying with them or whatever. That doesn't mean they can walk, you know, and look at every single person and discern because often people are scared of prophetic people. 
in case they read their mail. You know, but sometimes it's a God thing. Sometimes God lets you be able to see that because he wants you to do, pray into it or do something. So I can walk into a place and I can read lots of mail, but it doesn't bother me like an overload. I just say, Lord, bless them. I don't take it on board as my, I've got to go and give everybody a word and pray for every single person. It's just, um, I can see. And it's practice, it's just, as you do this often enough, you can, you know, you can you, it's just there. I don't have to look for it, it looks for me. And I just say, Father, bless. Or I walk in the street and I read people's mail and I don't know who they are. And I just, as I walk past, I just say, Father, well, help that person. Get them a house or whatever or whatever. And, and then it's over. Uh, it's not my responsibility. Isn't it exciting to be a Christian? Am I wetting your appetites? Do you see? There's more to this than coming on a Sunday and I'm not prophetic because I'm too nervous to bring a word at the microphone. The w words in a microphone on a Sunday morning is that part. Can I tell you? This doesn't make you prophetic or a prophet. It's a little part. It's an important part, but it's the little part. Because we're only in this meeting two hours on a Sunday. What about Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday? It's the how are we? Where's the big picture? How are we out there? What are we seeing? How are we educating ourselves with the Bible and with the news and with what's happening in society? What are we, how are we educating ourselves so that God can speak to us and give us words that get fatter and fatter as he shows us more and more his heart for the church and for society? And I just think, for me, it's like anybody can do this. And I've had to learn, well, it's, you know, you've got to practice. And so I say, Father, will you give a practicing on the people here, where they give it a go, where they say, Lord, show me a bit of more prophetic. How can I do this better? Um, and it's open to all. Let's see what God will do. And there's different kind of prophetic. And so not everybody's going to do, say, what I do or what's, uh, what someone else does. We all work in a different way. That's why we need team, because everybody brings something different. Then prophetic people have power gifts. They have a gift of faith. For, on, on occasions, they firmly believe that they firmly believe that they firmly believe that they firmly believe God has said something. And even when it goes wrong, they can't shake it. And they firmly believe, but he said, so I'm going to hang in. And then eventually, it could be five years later it comes to pass. Because when, when something doesn't come to pass, what, what God is doing, he's working on the prophetic people's character. It's like, oh, well, it didn't come to pass. So either I didn't hear it or God lies or I'm disappointed. Or Do you see? And we've got to say, no, it didn't come to pass, but I'm going to push through. I'm going to love you regardless. I'm going to go again. And so a lot of what he, the Lord is doing with us is working on us. It's not me doing good to people. It's while I'm doing good to people, what's my attitude? It's about character. Because if 
the gifting gets big and your character is a bit rotten. It's, we're not going to last. The enemy is going to come. The devil's going to come and put his finger of, on us. And we're going to flop out. And then Jesus' name goes down the tubes. Do you see? So God works on our character as well. And we must work on our character um, as we practice all these things that he's given us. And the prophecy that I gave earlier was all about character, re really. From this to that. From this to that. It's what a, how am I? What do I bring to God? We are forgiven, but we also need a clean-up job every now and again because we get settled and comfortable and miserable and so on. And God wants to heal us and change us. Did you come for all this tonight? Yeah? Is that all right? So they have the gift of faith, and you know what? Prophetic people do miracles. It's part of the package deal, if, you, if it were. And so they hear God, and they step out, and they, um, they put their life on the line, their whatever they name, to step out for God. And he does stuff. And they also have gifts of healings, because there's gifts of healings, different kind of gifts. I know people who just go for the making legs grow. They will pray for anything, but their faith level to make legs grow is spot on. Other people go for backs. They will pray for anything, but when they pray for people's backs, they get healed. And other people uh, really have faith for people with cancer. Do you see? And so one, one looks to see, where, where's my faith level while praying for everything? But where's my faith level? So often, if I'm working with people, I'm, say a team of people, I will, uh, and somebody comes along and they have something wrong with them. And I think, oh, I know who's in my team. And they have faith for that. And I will say, Ian or whoever, come, you pray for that. It's not I need to pray for everything. I, I think, no, but they've got faith bigger than me for that. And you let them pray. So it's finding your own um, come a sweet spot in healing. And as you get faith um, in that sweet spot, the sweet spot gets bigger. And you pray for more and more and more. Prophecy could be encouragement and edification. That's a Sunday morning. God loves you and you are valuable. And we mustn't discount those kind of prophecies because at our church, we, Greg and I come from Jubilee Church in Cape Town and the New Frontiers Church there. And um, one of our elders got up one morning, took the microphone, and, you know, we, we've been kind of trained that if you get half a word, go up and bring it. And as you bring it, God will give you the rest. You know, you know what I'm talking about. And so so you, you just come up with a little sentence and you hope that he comes through. Well, the elder got up and he said, God loves you. And he waited for the rest and nothing came. And we all thought, ooh, Alistair. This is so embarrassing. We felt for him because he went all red and he kind of went to sit down, you know. Don't you just cringe for him? We all did. But, you know, afterwards, 
a man came to him and said he was, he was going to commit suicide. And he walked past our building. We also have a big warehouse. And he walked past our building and he said, God, if you are there, I'm going in here now. I want somebody to publicly tell me that you love me. And this man got born again and became part of our church. So, you know, don't discount the I love yous, but also ask God to give you some, what we call, fatter words. Fatter, as you go with the, with the God loves you, say, Lord, next time, will you add something to it? And learn and grow in this for the microphone, yeah? But don't put your concentration on this microphone because this is, as I said, a small part. In the coffee breaks, look to see who needs encouragement and go to them and say, I just want to tell you, I feel God is saying that you um, are going to have a brilliant week and he's going to bless you. Don't make things up, but look to see. Say, Lord, what can I, what can I tell that person? And start working. I've got a whole team in the Cambridge Church, and they are busy coffee breaks. You can see them walking around, going to bless people. Because the prophetic works um, in among people, uh, I, I've, I've said to the prophetic people at Cambridge, look around, watch people's faces. Don't just say, oh, that person looks a bit sad today. Say, Lord, what can I do to make them feel better? What can I do? And then go and do something about it. And, and it's just a matter of giving them the small bit of encouragement. And it, it could change their whole life and save somebody from committing suicide. That's how important it is. But I think so often, I know when somebody first told me I was prophetic, I said, I'm so shy. Um, I could never go to the front and give a word. Because that's how we've been kind of, in our thinking, it's about this thing. This is the small part. The big part is how are we with each other in the communities, in our families, out there in our work. What are we modeling? It's sitting in boardrooms. For you who sit in boardrooms... And sometimes it's not B-O-A-R-D, it's B-O-R-E-D. You, you know, because meetings go on and on and on. But it's to sit there and say, Father, give me a word. Give me a word that will break the stalemate in this meeting. And then you don't sit there in the business world and say, I believe God is saying. It's a matter of, have you thought of? And out comes the wisdom, the wisdom of Daniel is available to the people of God. And we must use it to actually bless society. Do you see? We are so rich in all these giftings, and we often keep it for in here. But out there, people are crying for it. This, the time in, the, in this nation of ours now is that more people are being saved, more people are being healed. Churches are growing People are so hungry because God is making them hungry out there, but, and he's also preparing his church at the same time. So we mustn't be those back foot, no, but I'm so scared, nobody wants to hear me. We mustn't say the name of Jesus. Be on the front foot and be an answer to a, a world out there that says they don't want Jesus, but when you start talking, 
they are so hungry because God is making them hungry for him with those drops of revival. Time. Nine. Must I go on? When you're praying for someone, ask God to show you what, what to pray for the person, and that's what we're going to be doing a bit later on. So often, and it's not wrong, but, but there's, an, there's another way of doing things. So we pray with someone, and we go and we put our hand on them or whatever, and we close our eyes and say, Father God, will you just, and, what do we, and we talk, 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 talk. And it's wonderful because God answers prayer. But you know, to stop and say, Father, what have you got for this person? And then wait to hear what comes in your head. And it may be one word. It may be, maybe you get nothing. Then you start, Father, I want you, please bless this person. And will you show kindness? And you'll watch your words start to change. And you hit, hit the deep spots of where the person is at. So it's good to, to pray for people. But let's take it sometimes a step further and ask God, what must I pray? So when I'm in groups or whatever and I'm modeling how to do it, I will, uh, I will ask the person what I should pray for. And then I will question them as to, why do you want prayer for that? Do you see? Because we've got to get to the bottom of it. You can't do it all the time. But we must look at prayer and take something deeper with, with people. But ask God, what must I pray? What must I pray? And then watch him give words of knowledge or uh, show you something. And if it's something, say God shows you that this pe person has been abused. You don't say, oh, have you been abused? I don't have to tell you that, but, I, but I'm telling you anyway. It is... Father, will you bring comfort to this person? Father, whatever's happened, will you bring healing and hope? And do you see, you, you turn the words round to make them gentle for the person? Prophetic people can help identify the gifts um, that somebody else has got. Did you know that prophetic people can help identify gifts? That, peop that other people have. So you can sit with somebody and be talking to them and saying, Father, what, what gifting have these people got? Because we all, we all like to know what our gifting is. I've asked people in the past, what's your gifting? And they say, I don't know. Maybe I've got none. And the Bible says we've all got gifts. And so we actually help to um, uh, get people stirred in their gifting. So... In Cambridge, I've, I've got six prophets who I meet with, and then they, we've got about 40 people with prophetic gifting. Besides, I, I haven't got to everybody yet. Um, and we wanted to uh, call out the evangelists, looking who's the evangelist. So I said to my prophetic group, uh, we've got a very good relationship, and I said, I'll give you two weeks. And then I want you to come back. And because you are prophetic, I want you to tell me who the evangelistic people are in the church. 
I'll give you two weeks. And they got all excited because it was a job to do. And they came back in two weeks and we got 4-0 names. 4-0. And when we looked at the list of, they all had similar names because God had showed them who has evangelistic gifting. And you see, that's kind of a challenge. We need a bit of a challenge sometime of how to spot these things because the prophetic works with the apostolic, works with the evangelist, and so on. Father God, will you come and... I'm not going to do any more notes. Will you come and do something here tonight? I want to ask the things that I've said that it would have done something in the hearts of people because we are a people being equipped and ready for whatever is going to happen in the nation here in Hastings, Bexhill, uh, St. Leonard's, wherever, you, wherever you're going to be, something God is preparing you to be the hope and the help of people around and just for each other. And so, Father, will you come and do something here tonight to equip people? Now, I'm going to ask you to be brave. Um, I'm going to ask you... And remember, you give words of encouragement to people. I want you to meet as groups of three, but not with your next best friend or your husband and your wife. You guys have done it already at Ashburnham, so you can lead the way, you know. I want you to get into threes. The one person is going to be prayed for. You will, in the three, you will all be prayed for. Yeah? But the one person... You choose who you're going to pray for, and that person keeps their eyes closed. And the other two, if possible, if possible, pray with your eyes open, because we've been modeled the eyes closed, and we miss out on quite a bit. So when I pray with people, I'm watching to see what the Holy Spirit is doing. And as I pray something, and a muscle will twitch here, and I think, there's something. I've prayed something that needs deeper prayer. Do you see? But I'm watching to see what is happening. Or the person's eyes close tighter. And I think, oh, I've got to pray deeper into that. But we get the model of we don't look to see. And it's okay. But somehow we miss out. And when you're looking at a person praying, it's like you begin to read the person. But when we've got our eyes closed, there isn't the same connection. Do you know what I'm talking about? And so if possible, it do, you know, if you find you still close your eyes, it's okay. God still works. But, but try to keep the eyes open. So one will stand with eyes closed. They're going to be prayed for. And please don't pray in tongues or whatever. The one being prayed for is in receiving mode. We give too easily. We close your eyes and our mouths start going. If, you, if you're able to speak in tongues, you, you know, you close your eyes and your, your, the tongues immediately start flowing. And it's, no, that's a giving mode. Be in receiving mode. Then you have one who's saying, well, put your hand on the person if, if that person says it's okay. And then you say, Father, what have you got for the person? And then see what comes to mind. If nothing comes to mind and it's okay then you bless the person. The other person is standing there. It's like a listening to what is being said. Do you see? So there's, it's like a witness. It's, it's a security thing. Is that all right? Are you up for this?
I want you to, and I and various people will be walking around. And so if anything stirs too much or if you get something out, we will be there listening to see what's happening. So you'll be safe. Please, people, this is family. We don't want to harm anybody by bond, you know, bondage prayers or silly stuff. Please bring blessings and encouragement. We're giving, we giving this a go, and it's, it's a risky business, giving this a go. But it's okay. We're family, and we're going to see what the Holy Spirit does. So we'll be walking around. So go, some people go there, any spaces, out of your chairs, and get into threes. But people you don't know, because then you can see what God says. Because if it's your friend or your husband, wife, it's like you know them, and it's more difficult to pray. Okay? If you think, ooh, this is scary, I don't want to be prayed for, it doesn't matter, it's grace. You can sit and, and, and just watch. Or you can go to a group and say, can I join you, but I don't want to pray. Is that all right? Or I, don't want, I want to watch in your group, but I don't want you to pray with me. Everything is fine. It's just, we're going to have a bit of fun? Come on, church, let's move. Guys, as you get into your groups, um, just had a real sense with what Angela's doing of it's a bit like she's asked us all to put our skis on and we're all about to go skiing. And one of my jobs is I've been a ski instructor and it just feels like for some of you, you've never ever put a pair of skis on before. And this feels like you'd never, this is a crazy thing, but you just need to have a go and get out there. You're going to have an incredible time. For some of you, you've kind of said, like, when you ski, there are various slopes of various degrees of difficulty going green, blue, red, black. And some of you have said, I can only ski to this level. You've got to go on a harder slope. Um, for some of you, um, you're gonna, it's going to feel like you're, ski, you're doing this in the fog and it's dark and you can't do it. You're going to ski better than you've ever skied before. And then finally, some of you are going to go off piste and it's just going to be an experience that you've never had that will blow your mind to pieces. You've got, a, you've got 10 minutes, guys, so you've got until just after 20 past 9.
Great. If I can uh, ask you if you're still prophesying to finish in 60 seconds, that would be great. And what I'd love, just uh, as, as you are finishing, I'd, what I'd love is three or four testimonies from this time of prophesying. So it's about what's going on right now in this auditorium where someone has prophesied over you and it's been spot on and they don't know you. Or, or the other way around, you've brought a word and it's been confirmed. So just three or four just testimonies. What has God been doing? What has God been doing? So you've got to be brave. Break through the timidity. Don't leave me hanging here. Come on. What's been been going on? What's been going on? Well done, Jan. Excellent. Um. I was prayed for by um, a lady from another church. Um, we, to my knowledge, we've never met. Um, and I came back from, from India yesterday with Paul. And my big thing was, oh no, I'm coming back. Um, I live alone. And it was the whole thing of I've been with this team all the time. And now it's going to be same old, same old, going back into routine, um, spending a lot of time by myself. And almost the first words out of her mouth were about loneliness and about God being my, my rock. Um, and also about wells and about wells of joy and of love being full. And it was just absolutely bang on. And we've never met. Excellent. The two, the two people that prayed for me and gave me words were words that at least been over me six times and they didn't know it. Wow. Brilliant. Uh, yes, um, David um, prayed over me and it was... Um, really good because he's basically telling me um, that he felt that I'm, you know, can be a bit scared or felt scared in my life. And I think, I think this is good for me to come out to say this because I think I am scared as in I'm not confident. And um, obviously God wants me to be strong and sort of have that boldness that I can stand and sort of talk to 200 people in front of me. So, um, that, and yeah, that was really good. So I'm blessed and thank you, Lord, for that. I was sitting there, and um, one of the sisters of the church come and pray with me. And I've been going through a lot of things with death and a lot of families and friends that passed away. And my best friend that passed away just December, I bury her. And been going through, sometimes I'm eating, and she just in the presence coming up in my face. And right now I'm going through, and I was glad when the sister come up and pray for me, and I felt much better within myself. 
for because one of what she's prayed for was strength. And I have the confidence to get up and say something. I'm Sheila's mom, anyway. Um, and I'm glad to say that God is good to me, and he's strengthened me, and he's given me courage to get on and deal with my situation. Right now, I'm really asking the church to continue to pray because prayer is the key for everything. And I hope to come back and join you again. God bless you. Um, the, the two people that prayed for me said that um, um, that I'd been trying to get my voice heard and that I felt like my voice was never heard and that I should walk and not run and um, I have a tendency to just run <laughs> all the time because I want to be busy and I want to be busy about the Lord's work and when I sat down in the chair today um, I really felt that the Lord was saying to me that I should stand up and say something and I felt that I didn't want to. Um, so the Lord was telling me to tell everybody that um, he said to me, clearly you've lived over five decades on this planet and I've given you three things. And these are three things for everybody. Everybody has it. The first is you, are, you have a crisis so when you go through the crisis, you look through the Lord, he molds you. He's molding you. He's building your character and molding you to him. You are either, everybody out there is either going through a crisis, molding. You're going through grace, blessing. Or you're blessing others. Because the crisis, then comes the grace season to give you blessing. And if you're not going through a crisis right now, I have bad news. The storm's coming. But when the storm's coming, you have what you need to get through it. Molding, blessing, grace, sorry. Molding, grace season to bless. So bless others. Brilliant. No, 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 come, come, come. I just, I want to give a pre preemptive, be great to have a youngster come out. Now, I'm not quite certain how we define that, but if you define yourself as a youngster, I'd love you to come out. I won't take that personally then. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jesus. No, um, it's just, it's really simple, really. It's nothing too complicated, but um, I've been going through quite a, a time, as people do, a crisis time. And um, just when the ladies were praying for me, um, they just said that God wanted uh, just the word simplicity and peace. And that is just where I feel God has been leading me and I've been struggling to get to, but it just confirmed everything that was lovely. I don't really know what to pray for, so I'm hoping that the Lord just speaks to me. But, um, yeah, I was just praying over there for this lady. She's really, really, really given me a boost because I've had a tough week. 
of school and just just really struggling. But I have to think that the Holy Spirit has it's just touched upon me to tell me, keep going. Just keep on going. It doesn't matter if you fall a couple times because you know what? You just need to get back up and keep going. And this young lady, this lady just told me um, that you just open up a basket and that there's many other fruits and veggies that you've never tasted and that once you've grabbed it and once you've tasted it, you're more, you want more and more and more. And then when you taste stuff from your old life, it's like, it's just garbage. It's, it's not, it doesn't taste good. Once you've had the fruit of God, there's, literally, it's just, it's hard to taste the other stuff because you're like, this is just disgusting. What have I been doing? It's gross. But I just want to thank the Lord for touching upon me saying, just keep going, even if I fall, and I'm going to fall still, and I'm going to fall in tomorrow, or the next day, or the next day, but I have to keep on going. Um, hello, everyone. So, uh, we prayed with uh, Jenny, and um, she just said to me, uh, God is saying everything's going to be fine. So before I got the scholarship to come here, it, like after I got the scholarship, it was like everything was set out and it was all planned and everything was in order. I come to Pastor Lozzi, I get a scholarship and then I do my two years in UK and then I apply for America and then I go to America and then I become a surgeon and then it's all fine. And then suddenly um, we write our AS exams and then my results were terrible. Not even what I didn't expect, but what I've never dreamed of in my entire life. And it's like, so everything just took a turn and everything became uncertain. And so I was thinking, okay, I'm taking a gap here. And so my mom has been asking me, do you want us to look for a place at the hospital so that you can do a placement at the hospital and stuff like that? I'm like, mom, I really don't know. I don't know what I want to do. I don't know if I want to travel during my gap year. And if I do want to travel, I don't have the finances to travel. And I don't know where I want to go. And then I was looking at medical scholarships, like the volunteering programs, and they were all expensive, like the really good ones. And then I was just like, I don't know what I really want to do. And so it was like, I was, yes, recently I had an experience with God and I was starting to trust God and I, I just stopped looking. I just really, literally stopped. I even closed the web pages that I had put about everything medical, blah, 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 blah. And I just stopped. I'm just like, okay, I'm just going to stop and just focus on what's happening here and then I'll take every step as it comes. And all she said was, it's going to be fine. And it was just a reassurance to me that even though the future is bleak and I'm used to being like, I'm used to God always telling me from here, you're going there and from here. And this is a time in my life where I sleep and I dream nothing. He doesn't say anything. And I'm so, ah, I don't know what to do next. But what she said, um, everything's going to be fine. Just assured me to say, even though he's not telling me, it doesn't mean he has nothing for me. So, yeah.
so I was in the same group with Ramai, and Jenny also prayed for me. So the first thing she said to me is, don't worry about the people back home. And bear in mind, I've never met her, or if I have, we've never spoken. And I'm from Zimbabwe, I live with my grandmother. And I've just felt, I'm also taking a gap year like Ramai, and I just felt this pressure of um, having to carry the burden of my family, being the first one to go to university and everything. And she said to me, don't worry about the people back home. And then um, after that, she also said, um, you're sometimes lonely. And I, I always get lonely. And she said to me, have you got friends? And I'm like, yes, I do. So it just reassured me that God is there even when I feel like I'm lonely. And I just want to thank God that he's used this service and even Jenny to just reassure me of his grace. Thank you. Wonderful, wonderful. You've got the privilege of being the very last to share. So it's great. Thank you so much. Um, at first, when we were just starting, Jackie was like, I've never done this. And I don't know, this is going to make me cry. But then um, she really spoke all my life. like all the betrayals that I've faced in life from friends and family. She talked of, of me always being lonely and that is like I've always been lonely in my life. All that I wished for was a friend and one time I only cried to God that if only I could get a friend in this world who could show me the love that I really want. But I've never found that because all I've found is betrayal. Did she tell you that? Yeah, she told me I'm always lonely and I've always tried to seek out for somebody to love me like maybe a brother or a sister, but I've never found one. All I get is betrayal, and I want to thank God that she really spoke everything about my life, how I've always been looking at how to help my siblings, the future, the future that God holds for me, like everything, everything that I've always cried. Whenever I'm in my room, I'm like on my knees crying every night, looking up to God that what, why, did, why did you bring me to the world if this is all I have to get out of it? But I want to really thank God for today because I feel the Holy Spirit in me taking up every burden. And I really want to thank God that he has relieved everything and he has taken up the cross. I really thank God for his love. At first, when um, they were saying somebody to come and give a testimony, I was like, no. But then I felt my, my feet were so weak. I couldn't stand my seat. I could not, I could hardly breathe. I was like, I have to go and do something. I have to give this out. Like, I have to say it out. What God has done for me this night, it is not like Jackie had the word, but it's God who used her. And 
they also saw me crying because they were like, and Tanya was like, this is so powerful. How, how can it be that this girl is like this? And I was like, they don't know what I've been through, but they've spoken all about it. I've just met them tonight, but the Lord has used them to show me the right path. And I really want to bless God for that. that tell you what you do. You say, Father, thank you for answering me. I love you and I trust you. Will you do that? Okay, in the mic. Father. Whoa. Holy Spirit. I thank you. Yeah. I thank you that you love me. Yeah, you're my friend. You're my friend. Yes. You will never leave me. You will never leave me. You will never betray me. You love me so much. You love me so much. And you have the answers. And you have the answers. My eyes are on you alone. It's going to be all right. I love you. I love you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. As we close, why don't we stand? Now just pause for a moment and just think in some ways what seemed so natural and easy to do at one level can have such a profound impact on people's lives. So many different stories, but you just stepped out, just gave it a go, took a risk, took a gamble on God. And then you see how his love rushes in and opens up people's hearts and ministers and brings healing and restoration. Lord, I thank you that you are in this place. Thank you that you love us and you care for us. I pray, Lord, that you will continue to work deeply in our hearts over the course of the next couple of days. Keep growing us, changing us, healing us. Would we know your closeness and your love? I pray even as we sleep this evening, we'd know your tender love ministering to us. I pray, Lord, that you would remind us of words that are spoken even through next week. When we really need them, we'd remember, we'd remember things spoken over us. Come and have your way, we pray. Amen. We're going to finish it up there. We are meeting again at 9.30 tomorrow morning um, for tea and coffee. Session starts at 10 o'clock. Come full of faith. Come expect and see what God will do. Thanks.